Welcome to Paddling the Blue. With each episode, we talk with guests from the Great Lakes and around the globe who are doing cool things related to sea kayaking. I'm your host, my name is John Chase, and let's get started Paddling the Blue. Welcome to today's episode of Paddling the Blue. Today's guest is Chev Dixon, and Chev is a referral from Stig Larson from episode 25, so a big thank you to Stig for making that connection. And speaking of Stig, we unveiled our one-year anniversary contest on the episode with Stig where we talked about the founding of Level 6. So before we get into Chev's interview, it's time to announce the winners from that one-year anniversary contest. It's been a lot of fun hearing from so many of you with your answers to the questions and your feedback on the show, and I really appreciate the good vibes, and I really look forward to continuing to bring you many more episodes. So thank you all for making this first year outstanding, and a big thank you to Level 6, Werner Paddles, and P&H Sea Kayaks for supporting this anniversary contest. So some congratulations are in order for our winners. A big congratulations to Duncan's for scoring $100 toward the level six gear of your choice. Congratulations goes out to Roger, Sylvia, Richard, and Vicky for winning great prizes from P&H Sea Kayaks. And finally, congratulations to Sam for picking up a sweet shirt and hat combo from our friends at Werner Paddles. Wear it proudly. Uh, once again, thank you to our contest sponsors, and thank you to you for listening. I appreciate your uh, your your feedback, and I hope that you'll all take a minute to help me out as well by sharing Paddling the Blue with your friends. And while you're at it, stop in at Apple Music, give us a quick five-star review. Your reviews will help the show get found. So on to today's show. Chev Dixon is the driving force behind the Hudson River Riders program in Yonkers, New York, and Chev and his team are doing great things to grow the sport, engage communities of color in paddle sports, and create opportunities for youth in nature. We had a great conversation about the way paddling can impact the leaders of tomorrow in more ways than we might think. So on to today's episode with Chev Dixon. Hi, Chev. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Very well. Excellent. Thank you for joining me today. Of course. So tell us, uh, Chev, how did you get started paddling? <laughs> Good question. It was random, actually. I grew up in Yonkers, all, uh, not all my life. I grew up in Jamaica, mostly. And when I moved here, I was 13. And by the time I was 17, 18, I was missing one thing. And I was missing nature and the outdoors and just water. So me and my friends, um, Derek, Davin, and Marquise would hang out by the river every day. And, you know, we looked across the river and we saw the Palisades and we were wondering what was over there outside of all the trees and the rocks. And we saw lights, so we thought there were restaurants. So we were standing next to the Yonkers Paddling Rolling Pub as kids and we really didn't know what was going on. But we did see the boats and we were pointing at the boats saying, if we can get two of those things, we can make it over there. And then, you know, about five minutes later, this man showed up, his name is Jerry Blackstone. Um, just showed up and said, you guys want a kayak? You know, that's kind of like that. And I just said, yes. He invited us into the Yonkers Paddling Rowing Club, and we just immediately, like, fell in love with the whole thing. We just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, you know, like, it was just right behind us. We were trying the life jackets, holding the paddles, looking at the different boats and stuff, and he invited us to a public program that he was running. It was a free program, which is now the Hudson River Riders. And me and my friends, we went and tried kayaking, and that was it. And from then, I just decided this is what I like to do, and I'm just going to keep doing it. At the time, I had a job at a grocery store, and you know I was making minimum wage at the grocery store. And I said, I'm not happy doing this. I like to be in the water. So I ended up quitting my job and started volunteering at the free program. 
And here I am, 10 years later, the, the director of this same free program. Now it's called Hudson River Writers. So that's kind of how I got started in the kayaking. That's pretty cool. So you turned a, turned a, a, an interest from the shore there into your, your life's work. Right. So tell us about the Hudson River Riders. Hudson River Riders is a free program that you know, help inner city kids um, promote environmental awareness in the communities, um, teaching kids about the river, what's in the river, and just try to create a good lifestyle, a positive lifestyle around the river. You know, a lot in Yonkers, it's a city, and not a lot of people here get access to outdoors. And, and so we feel that it's important to create something where people can go to in the warmer months and something that they can look forward to. And we welcome everybody. You know, it's just a, it's just a free program that gets people out there, teach people paddling skills, give people something different to do also help the to motivate the mind of the youth in our community kind of see something different you know i've said it before to many people one well, of the major reason why i like the hudson river rider is it's not that we believe we're going to have everyone kayaking but if everyone tries kayaking we can have everyone doing something and what i mean by that is when you go and you step in a boat and get in the water you get curious you know before you know it you can get a kid become deciding he wants to be a water chemist what's underneath, the, what's on oh, the floor of the river. Kids can develop oceanography skills or, you know, just studying biology. So it can lead to many different things. And that's why I love the Hudson River Riders and I push it the way I do. Because I know even if kids don't want to pursue paddling afterwards, at least they'll get a place to go to to get their minds open a little bit more. And that's what Hudson River Riders is. It's just a place to enjoy the water, enjoy nature, and keep your mind open. That's great. You know, it's one that we never really think about is, uh, you know, how many more opportunities do we open up by the, through the nature of paddling um, that aren't, aren't paddling specific. So you mentioned you know, a kid might decide he wants to become a water chemist or study oceanography or, or whatnot. So that's pretty cool. I had never, had never even looked at it from that perspective. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it really is. You know, that's what the kids need. You know, we don't always have, we don't need them to become paddlers to say, but what we need them to do is become functional people in society and paddling can be the gateway to a lot of experiences and a lot of that you know because there's so many different things you know you're on the water and you see birds fly by you can study bio you know you see trees you can become a naturalist there's so many open end and so many possibilities there and that's why it's just important and so when we go hard and we want to provide access we're not saying we want people to actually take over paddling it's more of we're providing access so they can have their mind open, so they can see more within themselves, see a greater depth within themselves. And that's really what it is for us. Love that. Love that. So what types of programs do you offer that helps facilitate that? Um, we do, so we do, a, we do some racing as well. So physical skills. We do, we just, sometimes we just go around in our kayaks and just do a river cleanup. So we pick up all the plastic that we can find in the river. Sometimes we step out of the river and we step on land and we talk about how the trash, how the plastic get to the river um, and stuff like that. We do species identification. So whatever fish or anything we catch, we see in the river, we kind of talk about that as well. We do water sampling. So we all get to test the water and see levels of bacteria in there. And we talk about, you know, rainwater runoff. And so there's a lot of little programs that we do within the Hudson River Riders. We take kids away from Yonkers and take them to Lake Sebago, teach them kayaking there, paddleboarding, a little bit of fishing there as well. 
fire making, tree identification. So there's a lot of it that comes around it, but Padlet is the gateway to all of that. So those are the different programs that we run. Excellent. So how do you make your connections into the community? Um, I'm from the community, so really and truly, I just go out into the community and ask people if they want to kayak, if they want to try. You know, we work with our local government too as well, and they kind of put the message out for us. You know, the organizations in Yonkers, they know about us and they love what we do and what we bring to the table. So they help us and they push the information within the communities as well. But a lot of our connection we make is word of mouth. Um, I go out and my staff go out and our friends go out and we spread the message and we spread the word and we want to get the kids down there. We want to get the people down there. And that's kind of how we reach the community. So what is it about your model that's made it successful? I think it's a, a it's just, you know what it is? The whole free concept, I think that's really what it comes down to. In addition to that, you know, it's people are, we relate to people and people relate to us. So when you come down and, you know, kids come down and they see they see young people like them running the programs and leading the programs. That's what it is. So kids, they feel oh, they, they, they're comfortable and they want to be there around those people uh, and around us. And I think that's one of the big things. You know, it's like being able to identify and, and relate and say, you know, this kid was just another kid like me playing basketball, but here he is leading this program here. Maybe I can do the same thing. And I think that's what it is. It's just have the familiar face there and feel like you can connect with within your own experience because from the inner city, you see somebody from the inner city and it's like this person made it out of the inner city. So what did he do? And that's, I think that's the model that we have um, right there. You know, it's just a matter of a community thing. It's community focused. The kids are from the community. The kids started out volunteering, worked their way up. Now they're staff. They're, so that's kind of how we do it. So you've got a lot of uh, kids that were introduced introduced to the sport through your program and have now come become staff as well? Yes. Yes, we do. Every staff that we have right now came through the program, was a volunteer beforehand. Great. So tell us about the Hudson River Riders' connection to the Yonkers Paddling and Rowing Club. So the Yonkers Paddling Rowing Club was the is the origin is the club itself, and Hudson River Riders is a is a program that pushes the nonprofit side of things because the Yonkers Paddling Rowing Club is a private club, and all they were doing was just teaching people, well, just making a place there for people who want to kayak, who had boats already, who just wanted to be members of a community of paddlers, right? And Hudson River Riders is kind of we bring that that outside from the membership perspective and we want everybody but it's still the same program it's still the same club we work hands and hands with them um, with the with the Yonkers Family Road Club they work with us it's one and the same you know it's just that we focus primarily on free paddling we want people to come and try kayaking you don't want we don't need you to own a boat just show up and get in the boat the Yonkers Paddling Road Club gives you a chance to become a member of a group of people that paddles or love paddling so the, the, the boat club or the boathouse model, I guess, uh, seems to be a, one of the keys to success because it provides a ready source of gear. Would you say so? Yeah, yes, definitely. But then, you know, in a sense, it, it's private gear, right? Because a lot of the people there, now we do have a lot of club equipment where people can just join. They don't need to buy a paddle, anything. They can just join it. But this is a new thing. In the early days, it was individual stuff. Everybody had their own stuff. And if you're friends with someone, they might lend you something. Um, but now, you know, we have a fleet of paddles, of boats, life jackets, everything there now 
from different places that we got them and, and that's how it is now what are some of the um I guess, what are some of the barriers that we create that essentially close down diversity, equity, inclusion in paddle sports? Yeah, so some of the barriers, so the big bar- one of the first barriers I see is a fact, is a, it's an identity thing, right? You know, it's hard to try something or hard for any person from the inner city or from a diverse background to go into an environment where there's primarily white people there. It's not easy for them to just walk in there and want to be a part of that. So that, that's one of the biggest barriers right there. The second is the financial barrier, right? A lot of the, the, the private clubs, especially even the Yonkers Paddle and Rowing Club, we have to pay a membership fee. Most of the people are poor people. They don't have money to pay for a membership fee. And, they don't, and while some people can say the membership fee is low, for many people, it's not low. You know what I mean? I mean yeah, it's I all remember, relative. Yeah, I, went, I remember when I was 24 years old out of college, I was struggling to pay my membership fee. You know, so... Just imagine somebody who didn't have a job. It's very difficult, and that's one of the, the big things. And another big thing is access. Where is it? Another part is some of the boathouses and the boat clubs, they don't promote what they do because it's, for, it's not free. So there, it's, there's nobody promoting paddling anywhere because it's, it's if you know somebody. But you know, they're not going out there as a whole and say, listen, we have a free program, come in, because it's not if it's just a boathouse. And that's where Hudson Providers kind of balance the Yonkers Paddle and Rowing Club um, and create the balance there. It's like, okay, school people, we want people who love paddling to go and paddle, but we know the community needs paddling as well, and we're going to do this for the community. Um, and you support this. And, you know, and that's really what it is. So it's just the barriers. It's identity. It's uh, financial. Um, and just lack of promotion or promoting in the community of the people that we know need it. So what would you say that we as everyday paddlers can do more to promote diversity, equity, and, and inclusion in paddle sports? Be encouraging. Um, support organizations or programs that are already doing that. I'm not saying everyone needs to go and get a container and fill it with boats and start welling out, oh, free kayak and free kayak. And, you know, but what we can do is look up other organizations, other programs that are doing it. I know Chicago Adventure Therapy, they do this. I know Whitewater, Diversify Whitewater in Colorado, doing something similar as well. And Hudson Providers, even the downtown boathouse. There's a lot of programs out there that are providing free paddling you know, access. And what everyday kayakers can do is just support those programs. It, it could be gear donation. It could be money donation. It doesn't matter. That's really it. It's just looking the programs up, doing the research, that the programs that are in the community of color and donating to them whatever they can. Even offer a day of teaching, you know, go down to one of the programs and say, listen, I'm an instructor here or there and I would like to offer my service for a day. Can I volunteer? It, it could be as simple as that. So why do you suppose people shy away from taking those opportunities to do that? That's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I don't really, I don't know why people shy away from those opportunities. Some people are just naturally not outgoing, I guess. Or some people really don't care. You know, some people just don't care. And some people honestly just don't know where to begin. You know, they don't have the right information. And they're probably affiliated with different Paddle America clubs or the American Community Association. And I don't think, from what I'm seeing, I don't see them promoting this style of kayaking, right? It's 
So that's kind of, I see, why people are not feeling um, the need to go and support these programs. But I'm pretty sure that I know for a fact the people who know about these programs, they're really supporting these programs. So what's your longer-term connection to the paddlers once you've introduced them to the sport? Which one of the paddlers? Like the um, young ones or the older ones? Uh, the young ones. The young ones. Oh, so we encourage them to keep coming back and, you know, kind of do the right thing. You know, do what they have to do in school for sure. And we like to support them in anything else they do. So if they want to go and play soccer, we support that as well. And we're just there. We're a, a place that you can come and find some peace and quiet. A place that you can come have some exciting things, some fun things, connect yourself with nature. And we're there to provide that whenever they choose to go and come. So what advice would you give to others who are working to reach underserved audiences? My advice would be to not give up um, and keep doing it. Sometimes it, it's not easy. It's not an easy job, right? To, especially if you're not from a underprivileged background to go into that community and start offering stuff. And you're going to get pushback sometimes and you're not going to get everything to go your way. But I would say you just got to keep at it and you have to know that it's coming from a good place. And make sure whatever you do, it's from a, it's from a good place. It's coming really from your heart. And put in the people first. Put in their access first. And that's my advice. Just make sure it's coming from the heart and do it with genuine love. So, Chef, there's not many people like you. So how do we grow more people like you um, who are interested in, in really making that connection? And how do we keep you involved? Yeah, so, you know, that's a good one as well, right? It's really how, it's about the welcome. It's about the welcoming. When I started, I was welcomed with open arms by my good friend and mentor, Jerry Blackstone. I was welcomed by him. So I showed up and he supported everything I did. And that's the way you keep people around. You show them support, you respect them, you make them feel like they're a part of what you're doing. And I feel they would want to be there. Think about, talk to them, be honest with them. Maybe I'm not familiar with your background. I'm not familiar with your language, but you know what? I can learn and I'm here to learn. Help me, teach me, show me your culture. I'll show you mine. And I think that's the way you keep people around. And that's why I stuck around. I love paddling. So when people show me respect or show me love and appreciation, it makes me want to be there even more. And that's what it comes into. A lot of times when you're from, you're not from the paddling cliques, quote unquote, you feel like you need to run away. You feel like you need to leave because maybe people are not friendly to you when you go to a, a paddling place or people disregard you like you don't matter. So there's a lot of that. You know, I know people who have left paddling because they believe that it's a white, it's white people's sport and the white people there are not being welcoming to them so they don't want to have anything to do with it. I, I definitely would say I felt that before that kind of pressure to want to leave and just be done with this and go do something different. But if I leave, then I wouldn't be here today talking to you, right, John? Absolutely. So there's that. I'm here and I know what it takes to be here. And and that's what people like myself, that's where I come in. You know, I, I've gone through so much of these back and forth things and tough conversation throughout the 10 years that I've been here that I feel now when the kids come on, it's a lot easier for them to come in and be a part of this because I am already here, established here, and I'm looking out for their best interests. And that's one of that's the way you keep kids around. Um, having someone there that's looking out for their best interests, protecting them, defending them, making sure you know that they're not treated badly or they're not being disrespected. And I think that's what it comes down to. 
Do you find that the community in general um, is, I don't want to say hostile, but just not not accepting or not um, welcoming? Um, I think it used to be that way. It used to be <laughs> unwelcoming, I believe. But then there was some, you know, it's, I wouldn't say it used to, I would say it's 50-50. It depends on people, man. It's who you meet, honestly. Because I've met paddlers who are the most welcoming people ever, you know. And then I met paddlers who are just total, you know, they, they just don't want you there. They think you're going to take away what is rightfully theirs, which is not really rightfully theirs. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, that's what it is. It's hit or miss. It's not a definite thing that, oh, paddlers are mean or they don't want you. Sometimes they genuinely don't want you there because they think you're in their space. And most of the time, it's an age thing. They're older than you are and they feel entitled and they feel like they want to do things a certain way. And you, on the other hand, you have to know that's that. I'm still going to stick here. I'm still going to do what I have to do, regardless if they're mean or not. And that sort of comes down to. So how do we get through to that person that's just not welcoming or accepting? You know, sometimes it's a matter of, it's tough love, right? Right. So I look at it like this. If I, if someone comes here and they want to paddle and this person is young or doesn't matter if age at this point, this person is energetic, has a lot to offer and, you know, has little to offer, but just wants to enjoy the sport and someone is being a block and a barrier. I think that block and barrier needs to get out of the way. And I think that's where the club and the board structures come into play, right? Because they have the power to talk to these people or, or whoever this individual is and, and let them know this behavior is a barrier. You know, it's unwelcome and people don't want to be here because of this. And it's we're not going to have you be in this gatekeeper, having this gatekeeper mentality towards new people. You're going to have to go do that somewhere else, just not here. And I think that's what it comes down to. Or it could be like myself or other people who are paddling, people of color who are paddling, or black people who are paddling, can go to those people and sit down and reason with them and explain to them, hear me out, I'm here, I'm trying to paddle. I understand that we're probably from two different places in the world, but we have one thing in common. We both enjoy being on the water. Let's just work together for the sake of that. And it can end there, you know. And some people are just stubborn. You're never going to get through to them. So you got to give up on them and just move on. You can't waste time on what's not going to change. You know, you can only can work with the change. Yeah. And just you know, figure out what, who, is, who is willing to be accepting and, uh, and approach those folks and move forward. So. Right. So what are some of the, would you say, the most common misconceptions um, that communities have about people of color related to paddling? Um, it's funny. Well, from which perspective you want? You want it from a community of color perspective or you want it from a white perspective? You know, let's kind of look at both maybe. Yeah. All right. Um, so from the white perspective, what I see is that they, you're black and they assume that you can't swim or you assume you're afraid of the water. It's always something around that, right? Um, yeah. I hear that. I hear that a lot. And I think, I, I don't know that that's... It's the ridiculous. Yeah. And if people, and, and this is what my thing, if people can't swim, paddling is the best way to get them in the water because you have a life jacket. And I think if you get them in the water with a life jacket and a boat and a paddle and show them they're not actually in the water, but they're on the water, the next time you can say, let's just go to the shallow part and we can slowly work that person into becoming a swimmer, right? So people always find the stigma to point at, but never want to solve the problem. 
and and that's how I look at it from the white perspective. And from the black perspective, you know, I've been told, you know, that's white people, you know, stuff, um, activity that you're doing. Um, why are you doing it? You know, so there's that too. And it's like, well, it's not technically white people activity because it's founded by the Inuit people. It's not a white sport. It's not a black sport. It's just kayaking. It's a survival yeah. skill that we enjoy as recreation now. That's about it. Yeah, you can it, do it. It's open to you. You know, it's for you as well. You just got to come and stay here and do it. Yes, there are going to be white people that don't want you to do it. or But, but there's a whole bunch of good white people who are going to want you to do it as well. So just come out and do the sport. Don't be afraid. Um, even if you can't swim, don't let that be the barrier. Come on down. Talk to somebody. And, and that's another thing, right? It's we have to create this place where there's no judgment, right? A judgment-free zone when it comes to paddling, because you're going to get a lot of people who just are not comfortable in the water, who are a little scared of the water, and we have to have to have a judgment-free zone so that they're willing to open up and speak and say that I'm not too comfortable in the water. Can you give extra eyes on me? You know, it, it's just little things like that we have to consider. Yeah, everybody has to be willing to uh, willing to look at it from different perspectives. Yeah. And you know, one of the things you'd mentioned, um, it just kind of struck me, and that is that I was thinking about that nature itself doesn't discriminate. You know, the water doesn't care who you are. The, the, the trees and hills and mountains and such don't care who you are. Just come on out and enjoy nature. That's very true. And th that's what people, you know, that is this thing with humans. We like to have possessions, you know, people of possessions. Something that is not a possession of anyone, we try to make it a possession. You know, I mean, you go out into the water and people believe that the water belongs to them. How did this body of water belong to you? How can you can't even, you know, you know it doesn't make sense. Um, you see this park and you want this and you police people in the park. You behave like they don't belong there. Where did you get this sense of entitlement from? Who gave this to you? This is not yours. The, you know, you pay taxes, they pay taxes. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's everyone's and we just have to learn to work together and just do what we have to do to make it a space for everybody and not just one group of people. And there's gonna be some real initiatives to bring in more people um, into the sport, different organizations throughout the entire America that, are, that have a strong background or a strong culture of paddling. They should be reaching out to many communities that they're in. You know, I don't believe that if you're in a, you should be a boathouse in any inner city communities in this country or in this world and have a private club there. I just don't think it makes sense. It, it doesn't. It, unless all the people, they're in a gated community, you can't argue with that. It's their property, whatever. But if you're on a public land or a park land, you should not have a private club. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. Parks are open to the people. Parks should, are open to the people. So we have to be. preserve that and make sure that message is loud and clear. So how is, how is Hudson River Riders funded? We apply for grants to the DEC, so we get DEC grants. We get a lot of individual donations. We also work with different outfitters or companies. So one of the companies we work with is Level 6. Level 6 is a really, really, really good company and honestly my favorite water or outdoor company right now. Not because what they do with Hudson Riders, but just because of their products um, that they, they put out. They have great products and I love what they make, but it's just different organizations, different people, different companies. But a big part of our funding comes from our founder, um, Jerry Blackstone, the same person that brought me into paddle sports. He 
he's not around anymore, but when he was, he would, you know, he donated a lot to the program so the program can get off its feet and keep going. And the DC supports us. We get money from our local government as well. We just are now in, you know, conversation with Werner Paddles and they're going to be going forward supporting us from a paddle from with paddles and that's how we get our funding you know um, we try not to use any money we get for equipment we just try to use it to provide opportunities and trips for the kids to be on that's excellent it's good to see the community stepping up uh, and industry stepping up i assume that you accept private donations as well yes we do accept private donations we do you go to yonkers paddle and the rowing club and you can just make a donation and just put in the comment Hudson River Riders and it will go straight to our treasurer and he'll notify us and let us know and you know we take the private donation community donation I mean this last year this year we did a you know in 2020 we did a fundraiser with level six and they were raffling a paddle board and uh, a paddle a full-on outfit you know for somebody to go out and raffle tickets for five bucks but it did great for us right because it raised us about seven thousand dollars or six thousand dollars so that was another way we fundraise as well. So it's great. And we're thinking about another raffle as well. Um, I'm talking to other companies who have reached out and expressed their interest and wanted to partner with us to do more raffles and different way of fundraising um, for our programs. So that's really, really cool as well. Excellent. Good to hear. Um, so what's your personal paddling passion? You know, my personal pattern passion, it's, it's, it's growing. It grows every day. It changes every year. You know, it's, it's so many different things, right? I, li- I like to travel and paddle. You know, I like to go to different states. I like to meet different people. Just recently, a couple of weeks ago, I went down to North Carolina and I met up with Shane Benedict. He's, he owns Liquid Logic Kayaks. Shane has just been talking to me over Facebook and I just gave him my email and we kept talking and he wants to help and it's just like you want to help give me an opportunity let me come down and you give me some lessons and I went down to another friend from Hudson River Riders Davin and we went to North Carolina and we worked with Shane you know he taught us a lot about whitewater and now I want to get deeper into whitewater because of that experience it was just a welcoming and a wonderful and educational experience so I want to be a part of that now I enjoy sea kayak and I enjoy paddling with a lot of people. Um, I enjoy paddling by myself. I enjoy paddling with just my friends alone sometimes. Um, you know, different things you know, brings out different passions in me. But I love working with youth. That's, that's where my bread and butter is. I'll be fine if I only get to paddle with youth. You know, that's, I'll be fine with that for the rest of my paddling career. I'm also planning a trip to Dominica to do some paddling in the islands there. And I'm going to while I'm there I'm bringing the Hudson River Riders model because I have a friend there with boats and kayaks and he said he will allow me to use his kayaks to run a once a week program for the local youth there so that's my passion to help young people get into the water you know wherever I go that's what I try to live that's what I try to do just get people in the river get people in the ocean get people in the sea wherever the body of water is and there's boats let's make something happen with them excellent I love to hear I love that you're uh you know, that your program is, is so much more about more than paddling itself, uh, but really about getting people interested in what is their passion and helping them find what interests them in life, um, mm-hmm. be that paddling or anything else related, just kind of a, a space to open their mind. So and I love that you're able to live your passion uh, teaching youth every day and working with every day. That's yeah, cool. that's that's it. I mean, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a teacher, right? I thought I was going to be a history teacher, and here I am, just a paddling instructor. So, <laughs> it works. Um, 
Never just, right? It's uh, it's you are a paddling instructor, not just yeah, one. Yeah, right. So. I am a paddling instructor. So, you know, that that's that's how it is. So it's it's good and it's fun. It's it's a good life. It's uh it's an interesting life. Um and it teaches you to be humble, you know, and appreciate the smaller things and what what's considered the smaller things. Not that paddling is small in any way, shape or form. Um, but just appreciate the small things, appreciate people, um, and appreciate meeting new people and different cultures and backgrounds. And that's what it is. And just finding yourself, you know, creating peace inside when I go out there and paddle. It's cool. So what's on the horizon for Hudson River Riders? COVID kind of messed up a little bit of our plans and we didn't get to do a lot of uh, the things that we were supposed to do. We have to run a very scaled down program. But even though we ran a scale-down program, it actually was eye-opening to see how many people are interested in doing kayak tours. But next summer is to get back to where we were, to where we were before the pre-pandemic, and just build on that again. Get the people back out there, create new exciting programs for youth. You know, we want to do more excursions, so we want to maybe take day trips now with some of our youth that are there. Um, we want to help more kids get into racing. If that's what they want, um, you know, we want to help kids get into nature. We want that. We probably want to. We're actually planning a couple overnight camping trips with the Maine Island Trail Association and a friend from Chicago Adventure Therapy. Yeah, so Chicago Adventure Therapy and a good friend Dan Carr from the Maine Island Trails. We're planning to do some overnight paddling in Maine with just local kids from Chicago and from Yonkers, and I think that's going to be cool. We're looking forward to the annual Manhattan Circumnavigation, which is a all-day paddling trip around the island of Manhattan. And for Hudson River Riders, we're looking to bring a lot of the youth from Hudson River Riders on that paddle to do that trip as well. We're looking to continue our partnership with Level 6, with Werner Paddles, and build new partners, create new partnership and new friendships with everybody. You know, we're, we're for paddling and we don't discriminate. And, we want everyone to have access, and anybody that wants to join us with that mission, welcome to join us and help us execute and be great for the people. Excellent. Um, tell us about the Manhattan, Circumna- Manhattan Circumnavigation. Yeah, so the Manhattan Circumnavigation is also another program or another activity that was started by Jerry Blackstone, again, from the Anchors Paddle and Rowing Club. It's the largest single day paddling trip in the country. People come from Brazil, South Africa to paddle around Manhattan with a group of people on that day. It's, it's been around for about 12 years now, I believe, annually. The last two years we had to cancel, um, one because of a heat wave and two because of COVID, but we're looking to get back into that this year as well and start it up again. But it's a fun trip. Starts at six in the morning, ends at six in the evening right around Manhattan, a couple different stops. It's a fun time, really fun time. You get to meet paddlers from all over the country, so it's really cool. Oh, and all over the world even. All over the world, right? You know, I was paddling with a friend from, with a guy from Brazil, you know, three years ago. He is in my pod, so we were paddling together. We're just talking. And it's like interesting, you know, it's like, why are you like, I'm here for this. This is the only reason I'm here. So paddling really, you know, it's a very unique activity and a special activity. And that's why I think people, more people are to try it. What's the distance and how many paddlers are in that usually? About 30. 30, no, it started at 30, but now it's 150. The last one we did was 150 people paddling. Okay. That's a massive site on on the Hudson River. I bet. 
Mm-hmm. And what's the distance of the pedal? 30 miles. Okay. Well, I will, I will make sure I put links in the, in the show notes to uh, Hudson River Riders and make sure people have an opportunity to, to donate and help uh, continue to serve your mission. How can listeners reach you if they have additional questions? They can reach me at info at HudsonRiders.org or you can find me on Instagram at Trev Dixon or Hudson River Riders on Instagram, Facebook, the same. You can check out our website, YPRC.org or HudsonRiverRiders.org. And you've made a couple mentions here so far to Chicago Adventure Therapy. Uh, just give a quick shout out to them. I know they're a big force here in the Chicago area and, and nationwide as well. And uh, Andrea was actually one of my first guests for this show. And she talked about her trip down the West Coast of the U.S. That's awesome. Yeah, Andrea and, Andrea and I have been talking a lot um, the last two months. And, you know, planning some exciting things and just looking to partner up and do some things and help other people, other organizations, startup programs like what we have going on. So it's really, really cool. Um, Andrea is great, 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 great person. Absolutely. That's good yeah. to hear. Mm-hmm. So um, speaking of guests, uh, one final question that I uh, like to ask all of the guests on our show, and uh, Chef, that is, who else would you like to hear as a future guest on Paddling the Blue? <laughs> There's so many people, right? But one person that, that I been talking to and been giving me great conversation is Antoinette Lee. She's uh, the founder of, of uh, Whitewater TV. Really, really cool person, very down to earth, and she really enjoys paddling as well. Definitely interview Antoinette. Or right. you can interview anybody from the Hudson for Riders. These kids have a lot to say as well. I'm not the only person here. Another program that we're I'm doing with some friends, it's called Negus and Nigus Living. Um, I mean, King and Queen's Living or Balance Living. And we're going to be up and running in about a couple months. We'll be up and running. All summer, you'll be able to come and enjoy more adventure with us outside of the Hudson River Riders. It will be more of an adult setting, but it's going to be super cool. Lots of outdoor cooking, lots of paddling adventures to cooking outside and other things to come soon. So Negus and I just live in, guys. Look us up. All right, I'll make sure I put links to uh, to Nigas Nigas Living as well. Yeah, I can the... always send you the the edits to that, and definitely my friends Davin, Shanae, and Keisha and I are bringing and rolling this out this year, and this is just to bring in more people. And the Nigas Nigas Living, it's a very interesting concept, which won't get into too much now, um, uh, or I could get into it a little bit. Sure, give us a little background. Um, yeah, so you know, Nigas Nigas Living is to bring. It's, all, it's to bring a weird, it's to connect people outside, especially black people, to the outdoors. But we want everybody to come and see how it's done from our perspective. And that's a cool thing. The words Negus, Nigus, it really means king and it means queen. And it's just an empowerment word for local people that may use the N word in the wrong way. And we're switching the twist on the N word and putting positivity to that word and actually using the word for what it really is. If you're familiar with what I'm saying there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we're just bringing a positive energy and a positive light to whatever we can and to influence and promote positive recreation and positive outings for the people. Change the attitude of our community. That's where we are at now. Love that. Love that. Always keep the uh, the positive attitude. Keep moving forward. Yes. 
Excellent. Well, this has been great, Chef. I really appreciate learning from you uh, and talking together and uh, look forward to you know, making sure that we make opportunities on this show to continue to connect people and, uh, and broaden the community of paddling. Yes, for sure. And one day I hope to meet you and paddle with you. I look forward to that as well. Yes, sir. Oh. All right. Thanks and have a great day. You too. If you want to be a stronger and more efficient paddler, Power to the Paddle is packed with fitness guidance and complete descriptions along with photos of more than 50 exercises to improve your abilities and enjoy your time on the water. The concept and exercises in this book have helped me become a better paddler and they can make a difference for you too. The exercises in the book can help you reduce tension in your shoulders and low back, use the power of your torso to create leverage and use less energy with each stroke, use force generated from your lower body to make your paddling strokes more efficient, have the endurance to handle long days in the boat, drive through the toughest waves or white water, protect your body against common paddling injuries, and while you're at it, you might even lose a few pounds, and who wouldn't mind that? So visit paddlingexercises.com to get the book and companion DVD. I really enjoyed talking with Chev, and it made me think different about the impact that I can make, and I hope it helped you see paddling through a different lens as well. I'm going to challenge myself to make a positive impact, and I'll do the same for each of you. Let's find a way to be a positive role model. So our next guest is actually three people. Andy, Wyatt, and Luke join us to share their story of paddling from Cuba to Key West. And you'll hear the stories of those who went before them, how Andy, Luke, and Wyatt pulled off this trip, how they prepared, and more. So thanks again for listening, and I look forward to bringing you the next episode of Paddling the Blue. Thank you for listening to Paddling the Blue. You can subscribe to Paddling the Blue on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Please take the time to leave us a five-star review on Apple Music. We truly appreciate the support. And you can find the show notes for this episode and other episodes, along with replays of past episodes, contact information, and more at paddlingtheblue.com. Until next time, I hope you get out and paddle the blue.